if we read this again and look at it, you see that Zacchaeus had the simple faith to know, I'm not a very good guy. I'm corrupt. I'm selfish. I take people's money. I cheat them out of their money. Like, understand the stage. A tax collector wasn't just someone who was like, hey, uh, your income tax is due. Can I have it? In this time, a tax collector was like, hey, your income tax is due. It's actually in real life 100 bucks, but I'm going to actually charge you 1000 Like, he realized that he kind of sucked. But he still knew he needed to know Jesus because he wasn't fulfilled in the life he was living. So this is what I would say to this. I, this is what I spoke to myself, and this is what Jesus spoke to me as I was preparing for this. What I was stressed about when I was thinking about this was church. And I'm, I don't want you to get this twisted when I talk about it because church is such a good place to be. There's so much community here. We have such an amazing privilege to be a part of such a good church where, look how many people are here. Like you guys are all buddies. We all hang out throughout the week. Like this is kind of the spot to be, would you agree? Can we clap at least for that? Like I love being here. So, so when I say, when, I, when I'm about to say this next thing, don't get confused because we are very privileged to be here and be able to gather here. But this is the word that God gave me and I, it was for me, not for you guys, but I just want to share it with you. God said, don't get caught up in the complexity of the church. Stand in the simplicity of the cross. Welcome to the PC Youth Pod. Thank you for taking time to listen. We are kicking off a brand new series called Simple. Every day to simply live before Jesus. Grab your Bibles and turn to Luke 19. That's where we're going to start and grab something to write with. You're probably confused. You're probably wondering why a random typewriter just flashed across the screen. Um, I think it's a pretty cool illustration. I'm going to be starting a new sermon series tonight. And I shared the idea with Hardy. Oh, this was the best story ever. It was like 11.59 one night. And I'm like, I've just been praying for a long time. God, download this new sermon series on my heart. And it was like 11.30, like midnight. And I'm like laying in bed. And I just... It happened, and God gave me the word, and God gave me the series, and I texted Hardy at like midnight because he does amazing things, like make videos like that, and I'm like, Hardy, this is the series, and he went for it, and so the series is called Simple, Um, and when Hardy and I were talking about the idea and what I'm kind of going to dive into, he was like, what's more simple than a typewriter? Um, It's a very mechanical machine, uh, a lot less complex than a computer, and um, I think you'll get where I'm going once we kind of get into this. It's so good to be back, guys. I missed you all so much. Oh, man. For those of you that don't know, Corey and I got married a few weeks ago. We were on our honeymoon. Oh. But I will tell you this. Corey and I were sitting in Arizona on our honeymoon, and we're like, oh, man, we miss youth group. So we were thinking about you. And I remember Tyler sent a video to us of you all saying hello, and I did get that video. So it's super good to be back. We're very blessed. We're very blessed to be here. And guys, I just missed you a lot. I can't say it enough. Oh, man, it's good to be back. Like I said, so we're going to jump into a new sermon series. um, And I'm really excited to dive into it. Um, Series, like I said, is called Simple. And as I was praying to God and just over the past few weeks asking him to to put a series on my heart... um, I kind of got, I was getting caught up in my, like, when I, how many of you, when you're in bed, you just kind of let your mind wander? Not to necessarily bad things, but you just jump from thing to thing to thing, and for whatever reason, 
when God kind of put this on my heart, I was laying in bed and I was getting pretty stressed. Like, I don't know why I was getting stressed, but I was feeling stressed. I had some anxiety and I was just like, what's going on? And I started to realize that, that my work and like being here every day in church kind of was just stressing me out. And I was like, why is church stressing me out? Church is a really good thing. And um, I started to realize that there's a lot that goes into to being here every day, planning a service for Wednesday night, being here on Sundays. Like there's a lot of pieces that, that you guys don't see that all the leaders do. We all take part in this and it can be stressful. It can be a lot to carry, but it's the best job in the world. I would never trade it for the world. But I was find myself stressed as I was thinking about all these things I needed to do when I needed to come back to work and because we were gone for a while. And God just said, it's simple, relax. And I was just like, okay, well, it's not that simple. I'm stressed. But as I was starting to think, um, like I said, church can become a kind of complex thing and not complex in a bad way, but there's a lot going on. We're always serving. There's things we're pushing for. There's goals we want to have and we want to reach our city and it can be a lot to carry. But but God was reminding me that it's a very simple thing that what he did for us. So I want to dive into it tonight. Um, I don't know how long this series is going to go for. Um, it's going to I think, kind of come out of me as we go along, but I'm excited to embark on this with you guys. As you know, we started a new um, curriculum. Oh, I forgot my water. Can you give me my water, Avery? I'm so sorry. It's right there on the floor. You guys know I need my water because I talk fast. Um, Like I said, we uh, started that new Sunday school curriculum. For those of you that have been there on Sundays, we've been going through the Bible Project, which has been a very, very good tool um, to increase our biblical literacy, but we started a new tool that we've been using where it's very topical and there's a lot of real-world situations and topics that we're going to start to unpack together. And what I find really cool is Avery talked about it earlier, but you guys have access to the YouVersion Bible plan throughout the week to be prepared, prepared for next week's lesson. Um, and I find that to be a really cool tool. It gives you guys something to look forward to. But I figured on Wednesday nights we need something that's going to provide some continuity, something for you guys to look forward to. And that's why I felt like we needed to dive into this series. So... Let's get started a little bit. I'm going to give you the why and the issue behind this. Uh, where does this series come from? I kind of explained it already, um, but I'm going to take a, wa- drip, a sip of water, and then we'll get into it. So we all can agree, um, like Max kind of alluded to, Max, thank you for that word. That was super good. Convicted me. Um, but we can all agree that, and I've said it before many, many times, but we live in a very fast-paced and evolving world. Can you agree? We live in a fast-paced, evolving, and complicated day and age. Um, There's not much simplicity about our everyday walk on this earth. Um, And I'm just saying separate from Jesus. Like, if you're just a normal Joe, like, you don't know who Jesus is, and and you're trying to do life by yourself, it's very complicated, and it's very stressful. And there's a lot of pressure from the outside world to get these things done by this age. Like, you need to get a four-year degree by this time, and you need to make $50,000 by the time you're 21. Like... There's all these expectations that the world has for us that can make it become complex and complicated and confusing. And at the same time, while the world telling us to do all these things, our world and our culture also tells us to never be satisfied, which is like, okay, so how do you want me to do all these things and have all these benchmarks and goals but not be satisfied at the same time? It's kind of a weird thing. Over and over, the answer for what will save us is always changing. Social media for a long time was like, oh yeah, social media is where it's at. That's going to kind of fill your soul and we can all agree, stuff jumps around, and the world is always trying to tell us something different. Something different is going to feed us. Something different is going to fill us. Can we agree? There's not much simplicity. There's not much continuity. There's not much... It's not ever the same. It's always complex and um, complicated. 
And at the same time, there's always something new vying for our attention. Like how many of you are thankful that, that Jesus is the only one that vies for our attention? Like there's so many things in this world that could, are always trying to grab our attention. What's next? Oh, I need the new iPhone, which I want actually, I'm sorry. The new iPhone, um, all these things. We need that, I need this next new thing. Never, there's never ever, ever satisfaction. Our culture, this is where I'm going to end with the issue. Our culture yells complexity, uncertainty, and confusion, and it's not a simple place to exist. So as we start to embark on this series, kind of have that in the back of your head as I go through this, this word tonight, complexity. What does that mean to you? What does that look like for your life? Even take some time now to imagine, like, this is my everyday routine, and what, what, make, what about it makes it complex and confusing and stressful? So in this series, I want to talk about several situations in the Bible where Bible characters were faced with a situation and because of their circumstance or because of any certain situation, um, their situation could have became very confusing and complex like we've been talking about, but they chose a very simple way to move forward. And that's where the title simple comes from. That's where the typewriter comes from because you could have used a computer, but it's a typewriter simpler. So today, we're going to embark on a Bible story that I'm pretty sure a lot of you have heard of. Um, I don't think anyone preaches it that much, probably because we've all heard it in Sunday school. Who knows who Zacchaeus is? I hope I see a lot of hands. Can we sing this song? You all know this song, right? Zacchaeus was a... And a wee little... That song is fire. That will always be the most fire song in Sunday school, I promise you. There's a lot of good ones, or the Pharaoh one, but Zacchaeus... That song is so good. We're going to talk about Zacchaeus today. Um, so if you want to open up to Luke chapter 19, I'm going to set the stage a little bit. For those of you that don't know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, just as the song says. He was a tax collector. So in the t- Jesus times, tax collectors were, I don't know what they'd be equivalent to, not a good person. Um, tax collectors were known to be sinful and greedy and selfish people. So as we kind of embark, turn to your Bible. Who has their Bible? I always have my Bible on my iPad, but I also have a physical one up here for the representation of it because I feel like it's important. Open your Bible up to Luke chapter 19. This is the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. I was struggling to spell his name when I was doing all my sermon prep. Zacchaeus, it's Z-A-C-C-H-A-E-U-S for those of you that were curious. Starting in verse 1, I'm going to read it and then we're going to unpack it like we've done Read the whole scripture, then we're going to take it through verse by verse. Chapter 1, or sorry, verse 1 of Luke 19 says this. Jesus entered the town of Jericho, and there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. So he wasn't just a tax collector, he was like the top guy. And he had become very rich. Max, I think it's kind of Holy Spirit-led that you were talking about being rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So picture a little guy, there's a bunch of people in this town of Jericho, and they're all looking to be at, they're all vying for Jesus' attention. There's a little guy trying to do the same thing. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus, well, you can actually imagine, all these people are very normal Size people, and they're like, oh, Jesus, I'm over here, I'm over here. And then there's this random guy in a tree. I would be a little bit confused, and Jesus calls him out, so picture that. 
Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. You guys got the picture? You've all heard it, I hope. Maybe you haven't, and if you haven't, it's good. We're learning it today. You have the picture, you have the crowd, you have Zacchaeus in the sycamore tree like we sing about. So when I, when I first read this scripture, and I was confused a little bit, I was like, because like, when God was downloading this, this message onto my heart, I was like, God, why are you talking about simplicity and Zacchaeus? And I was a little bit confused, and I don't know why I randomly started about thinking about Zacchaeus, but obviously it was for a reason, and it's for this word. Um, the first few things that I, after reading that scripture and thinking about that story, the first few things that I immediately picked out of the, of the words were, that Zacchaeus was eager to know the truth. So at a point in the scripture, it says that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And as you read it again, it shows that he, he knew he wasn't a very good dude. Like he knew he was a tax collector. He's a chief ta- tax collector at that. So he knew he was sinful. He knew he was kind of corrupt in that time. So he had the hum- enough humility to at least realize that. And then to go and be eager to know what the actual truth was. Max, you were talking about it. We can... Zacchaeus especially, and a lot of us can try to find a lot of satisfaction and wealth, and he had all of it in the world in that time, but he still didn't know, he admitted it, he didn't know what the truth was. So Zacchaeus was eager to know the truth, and not just like the truth, but he knew Jesus was coming to Jericho, and he probably had heard people say, hey Jesus, this is a good guy, like you need to know him. So he was eager to know the truth of Jesus and the life that he brings, because up until this point, we can see that Zacchaeus was probably a lifeless kind of guy. He realized that the life he was already living was not fulfilling and, or pleasing to the Lord. So you see, he had the, simpl- the simplicity to realize that he was already like kind of an outcast. He was a short guy. So like pair that with the corrupt nature that he had because of his profession. And he's like, all right, how am I going to figure out how to know Jesus? Like I need to not even know him. I just need to be able to see him. There's a crowd of people. I, don't even, I wish I knew how many people there was, but there's a crowd of people. And Zacchaeus is like, I can't just be in his presence. I need to be able to see Jesus. So he climbs. He's willing to look like a fool. People already don't like him. He's probably hated in the town of Jericho, especially because he's a chief. But he's willing to kind of look like a weird guy and climb up a sycamore tree to be like, where is he at? And people, I could imagine this. I can totally imagine. I don't even know where we'd be at. But like, imagine being at a concert and like, I'm not going to compare anybody to Jesus because that's not what it is. But imagine being at a concert you really like, and it's like kind of a weird layout, and you can't see the stage very well, and just people start climbing trees to be able to see. I would be a little bit concerned or confused why people would be doing that. But that's also the amount of attention that Jesus drew. So he was willing to look a little bit strange to climb a tree and be able to see Jesus, and then Jesus picked him out of the crowd. So I want to dive into a little bit. I'm going to go back into the scripture in a bit, but... What I started to realize as I was unpacking this is Zacchaeus had all the excuses in the world to why he couldn't get close to Jesus. He was short. People didn't like him. I bet he was probably afraid to get beaten in that crowd. Like, oh, the crowd who wanted to be, be around Jesus didn't want him even to be there, so they're probably pushing him out of the way. And 
there's a lot to that story that probably isn't told, but you can assume that it was probably tough to him, for him to even get to that tree to be able to see Jesus. But there was a lot of things that weren't in his favor. So there was a complex, confusing, um, dis, it was an unfortunate situation for Zacchaeus. But if we read this again and look at it, you see that Zacchaeus had the simple faith to know, I'm not a very good guy. I'm corrupt, I'm selfish, I take people's money, I cheat them out of their money. Like, understand the stage. A tax collector wasn't just someone who was like, hey, uh, your income tax is due, can I have it? In this time, a tax collector was like, hey, your income tax is due. It's actually in real life 100 bucks, but I'm going to actually charge you 1000 Like, he realized that he kind of sucked. But he still knew he needed to know Jesus because he wasn't fulfilled in the life he was living. So this is what I would say to this. I, this is what I spoke to myself, and this is what Jesus spoke to me as I was preparing for this. What I was stressed about when I was thinking about this was church. And I'm, I don't want you to get this twisted when I talk about it, because church is such a good place to be. There's so much community here. We have such an amazing privilege to be a part of such a good church where, look how many people are here. Like, you guys are all buddies. We all hang out throughout the week. Like, this is kind of the spot to be, would you agree? Can we clap at least for that? Like, I love being here. So, so when I say, when, I, when I'm about to say this next thing, don't get confused because we are very privileged to be here and be able to gather here. But this is the word that God gave me, and I, it was for me, not for you guys, but I just want to share it with you. God said, don't get caught up in the complexity of the church. Stand in the simplicity of the cross. And I was like, oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm the guy up here every week. Like, I'm here Monday through Thursday and Sundays. Like, I work at the church. And God said, don't get caught up in the complexity of it. Like, it's all going to be okay. But remember, the end goal is the cross. Who cares, like, about these deadlines and these things you have to do? And from your perspective, this is the way I see it, and this is the way I saw it as a student. It's super, super easy to get caught up in the complexity of people serving. Like, we're always fast-paced. People are serving on worship, and then they have to be in a small group later that day. There's a lot of complexity, and there's also some comparison that comes with that. I think Alona shared with that once. She said, I only felt like I was enough if I was serving. And what I would say to that is, the cross is enough. Like, it doesn't matter what we're doing at church. It doesn't matter what people around us are doing at church. Don't get caught up in it, because the reason we are here is to, one, point ourselves to the cross, one, to align ourselves with the cross, but then to bring people alongside us to do the same thing. Stand in the simplicity of the cross, just as, as we're being, if we're being honest, Zacchaeus did. Jesus didn't die on the cross yet in this story, but he knew he had to have the simple faith to know that he knew Jesus. He needed to know Jesus. It was simple. He knew people were talking about him. He knew he had probably heard all the stories about Jesus healing and, and touching people. So he's like, all right, I'm not fulfilled in the way I'm living. It's pretty simple. I need that guy. I need that guy to touch me. I need his glory. And he climbed a tree. It's pretty simple. Don't get caught up in the complexity of the church, always moving around. Don't get caught up in the complexity of it. Stand in the simplicity that the cross brings. Jesus' death and resurrection was a heavy and powerful moment, but it's still simple. Like It was simple at that point in time when Zacchaeus was walking the streets of Jericho. He knew he needed Jesus. Now, since then, Jesus has died on the cross and rose again. Thank God for that. Who, wait, tangent. Who's heard the new Bethel album? 
that first song on it, Homecoming, when they're like shouting, thank God the stone was rolled away, that is fire. I was listening. Corey and I were laying in bed. Sorry, Corey. Um, we were laying in bed, and it was like midnight. And I'm like, Corey, listen to this song, and we were listening to it. Tangent. Jesus' death and resurrection was a heavy and powerful moment, but it's still simple. Even though there was a lot that took place to getting, leading up to that moment when Jesus died and then rose again, like, that's pretty complex. Like, there's a lot going on. It's still very simple because our Father God knew that we needed a Savior, so he sent his Son. Like, there wasn't, like, a bunch of, like, decisions that had to be made by God. God wasn't like, ah. It doesn't say that. It just says, we are fallen people, and God knew that we were going to need someone to save us, so Jesus came. Like, that's sweet to me. Like, we don't serve a God of complexity. We don't serve a God of confusion. This book is not complex. This book is not confusing. This book is simple. Our God is simple. There's a path to eternity with him, and it's through his son, Jesus. And that is so encouraging to me. And it's funny that, I mean, I love this story of Zacchaeus. We've all heard it a lot. But it's funny to me that I've probably heard this story hundreds and hundreds of times, and it took maybe 101 times to learn, like, it's not, it's not complex. Zacchaeus realized it, so we should still today. So this is what you might say to me. Spencer, like, I get it. Like, Zacchaeus, he kind of figured it out, but maybe I haven't yet. This world is still way too complex for me. My situation is way too complex for God to come in and simply fix it. And I would agree with you, but not completely. There was a time in my life where I felt the exact same way. I was like, in high school, I've talked a lot about my high school times lately, and I'm, I think, thankful for it. I, I look back on it a little bit shameful, but I've learned so much from who I was in high school. In high school, I was always striving for those things that Max was talking about, the fame, the, the attention, the influence, just as Zacchaeus probably was. It was always complex. My, I made my situation way too difficult on myself. I never made it easy. But this is what I would say to myself, and this is what I would say to you that are thinking the same thing. Nothing is too complex for God and for Jesus. And hear me on this next point. If God had a plan, think about this, we're going to go way back to creation. If God had a plan from creation until now, like we all can agree, God created the heavens and the earth, and his plan, his sovereign plan has been carried out all throughout time to this very moment. If he's had a plan for that long, why would it stop in the future. Like, here's creation, that little thing on the ground over there. I'm present, and that's the future. Why would God's plan just stop with what the situation we're facing? That doesn't make sense to me. And it shouldn't to you, just based on the, the theory of time. God's creation plan, God's present plan, and God's future plan are all the same. And this, the plan for that is to have a hope and a future for your life. There's no situation, there's no circumstance Nothing that you are facing is too complex for God. And the funny thing is, this is what's so cool. It could be like an earth, like as, as an earthly situation, like take whatever you're facing right now, put it in my hands, and then we're going to talk about it. That situation that's in my hands right now, to us, is like very, very complicated. You're like, how am I going to make up with this friend? Like, I really hurt that person. This person really ticked me off. Like, there's a lot of moving pieces. The hilarious thing about that is God's looking at our situation and be like, that's so simple. Like, he, he's not confused. He's not, he's not like, oh, how am I going to make this one work? It's simple to him. It's all to the cross. It's all Jesus. His plan is still being carried out. God, is, oh, this is good. I love this. God isn't, at the same time, he knows the situation. He knows how simple it is. And he's not affected by the severity of it. 
God doesn't make decisions and intervene in situations just because one is less severe than the other. Like, I feel like my situations that I face and I'm still facing are like very severe. Like just because I'm a human, I'm kind of a selfish person and my nature says, oh, all my problems are the ones, oh, my iPad locked. All my problems are way worse than anyone else. The sad and true reality is there's a lot of situations that you guys are facing that are probably way worse than mine. And if God stepped in for mine, which I feel like are very severe, he can still step in for yours. Jesus, just as Jesus didn't waver or give a second thought about eating dinner with a tax collector, why would he waver or give a second thought about eating dinner with you? Like, how, imagine how unpopular that was. I tried to set the stage. I don't know if I did a good job. But being a tax collector was like the worst. Like, people hated tax collectors. I don't like giving money to the government. I do it because it's a, a, the law. But imagine be, giving money to the government and them, them stealing more. That's what a tax collector did. So this crowd, this crowd that's like, oh, I want to talk to Jesus. He's over there. I want to talk to him. They're probably ticked off that he's, Jesus is eating dinner with that tax collector. Like, I'd be, if my human self, I'd imagine being outside uh, Zacchaeus' house yelling at Jesus, he stole my money, why are you eating with him? Like, could you imagine? Jesus didn't waver or even give it a second thought to eat dinner with him. So Jesus could eat dinner with you, and my analogy in that is he can help and intervene in your situation. That's the plan the whole time. This is another thing you might push back on. Spencer, I haven't ever experienced that complexity that you're talking about. My world is pretty good. Like, yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, I'm a, a pretty good Christian. Like, I got it decently figured out. Yeah, there's sometimes where I waver or where things get hard, but I can figure it out on my own. I don't really know, like, your situation sounds like it sucked. I hope I don't ever have to go, th- go through that. Like, there's probably a few of you out there that are thinking that. I haven't actually had that severe situation that you're talking about. Well, this is what I would say. I, too, at one point was that same person, probably like freshman or sophomore year, where I think it was Pastor Brent at the time, would get up here and say these same things, and I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I got it covered. Like, football's going good. Like, all these things are great. I don't have to worry about it. I wish somebody told, would have told me this. So if that's what you're thinking, please hear me on this. If that's what you're hearing right now, that this complex, severe situation I'm talking about, it's going to come. No matter if you like it or not, no matter how prepared you are by yourself, no matter how prepared you prepared yourself, that situation is going to come and it's going to eat you alive. If you only prepared by yourself. If you prepared with Jesus, if you prepared with God, if you prepared with the Holy Spirit, if you are letting the Trinity guide your steps and mark your footsteps, then it's good. It's simple. It's already taken care of. But please don't be in the mindset that like, I don't need this Jesus thing yet. When it comes, I might take advantage, but I'm good right now. No, please. Man, I wish someone would have told me this. Prepare yourself with God's word. Life by our, like on our own is never sufficient. And you might say, well, I have some good people around me that are going to help me pick me up. Trust me. The only way to to fight the severity of these situations that we're, that we're going to face inevitably. Like, you're probably still doubting me. I feel like some of you are still doubting me. Like, no, like, I promise it's actually been good. 
Our world is not a good place to live. And the enemy would love for you to get cocky and be like, oh yeah. Like I lift weights, like I'm good, you know? He would love to get, for you to get a swelled head and then be like, ha ha, and then you're toast. Because that's exactly how I was, and it was not a fun situation. It took, it took so many moments for me to be on my knees before the Lord and be like, God, I'm sorry. Like, I did for so long. I did this whole life thing by myself, and it was going super good. It was the best. Like, I had a lot of fun. Like, I did it for so long by myself, and now I realize, like, I cannot do it without you. Come to that, don't come to that moment. Come to that moment before the fall happens. Come to that moment right now where you're like, okay, all right, I'm going to listen to this guy. God, I need you. Whether I realize it or not, I need you to guide my footsteps. So this is kind of where I want to land. Each one of us in this room is Zacchaeus. And you might be saying, what the heck, I'm not short. Some of us are short. Or you might be saying, I'm not a tax collector. No, None of us are short. I'm I'm assuming he was shorter than all of us, like maybe a few feet. But still, each and every single one of us in this room is still Zacchaeus. And the reason for that, please, please listen. The reason that we are Zacchaeus is because we are all hungry. We're all hungry for the truth. We're all hungry for a Savior. We're all hungry for something that's going to fill us and satisfy us and lead us to something good, just as Zacchaeus was. Can we agree on that? I'm Zacchaeus, you are all Zacchaeus. Our spirit inside of us, whether you believe it or not, we need a Savior. And I'm going to tell you right now, that Savior is Jesus. Zacchaeus needed Jesus, so so do we. We're no different. This is where I'm going to go next. This is real a little bit. We are also the crowd. I've talked a little bit about what Zacchaeus looked like from his own perspective. I've talked a little bit about what he looked like from Jesus' perspective. He didn't, he didn't care where he was. But we haven't dived into what the crowd thought of him. The crowd, we are the same as the crowd. The crowd by nature is judgmental of Zacchaeus. They are selfish. They are ticked off that they didn't get what they wanted. How easy would it have been in that situation, like I kind of said earlier, how easy would it have been to stand outside of Zacchaeus' door yelling, he stole my money, I'm so mad at you, why are you eating dinner with him? I would have done that. I'm just being real. I would have been so mad. So I'm just being real with you. Every single one of us is still that same person. Which one do you want to be? By nature, we're a judgmental, selfish, self-driven, we conniving, we want to get what we want. Every single person in Jericho probably had a good motive to know they wanted Jesus and they wanted to be close to him until it didn't go their way. Like, it's pretty easy to follow Jesus and, like, cry after him when it's all going good. But then what if something confuses you and you're a little bit thrown off? Is it just like, ah, oh, I'm going to yell now? No, it's steadfast. It's, it's following his footsteps. It's aligning with the word of God every single day. I don't know if you know how important that is. It took me a long time. Even after all these things that I went through, it still took me forever to realize that I have to be in this book every single day. Because without that, you waver. You get on fire for God, you're all pumped up, and yes, Jesus, I'll do anything you want, and then something way out of left field comes, and you're like, oh, that ticked me off. You're eating dinner with Zacchaeus? No. 
align yourself with the word of God and understand that his plan for you is going to be carried out to the end. We need a wholesome savior to make our human flesh new, and that person is Jesus Christ. And when I say the word flesh, by nature our flesh is is fallen. From the time Adam and Eve ate from the tree, we were made perfect in God's image. And I'm not blaming Adam and Eve. God knew that was going to happen. But from the moment they ate from the tree, we were all fallen people. Every single one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why, when I did the little timeline here, God created us, and he knew we'd fall at that point, and he still, we knew, we, he still knew we'd need a Savior now. It doesn't change. This is a fire scripture I'm about to read you. Go back in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. Please. This is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And I don't know if in Luke chapter, chapter 18 it's talking about Zacchaeus or just a tax collector in general, but I believe this scripture is going to have the same impact no matter what. Please listen carefully. Don't let somebody miss out. Don't distract. In Luke chapter 18, verse 9, it says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Jesus is talking here. He says, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Come on. Don't be the Pharisee. Don't have it all figured out. Whether that be with Jesus or without, don't. It can be easy to have it figured out without Jesus, and it can be easy to feel like you have it figured out with Jesus. Don't be either. Continually, every single day, humble, humble yourself before the Lord and say, God, I'm never going to arrive. I'm never going to be just like you. I need your inpouring of the Holy Spirit every single day to make me like you, because I'm not even close. Just as that tax collector did. Just as Zacchaeus did. Understand the severity, please. Like, it probably wasn't that easy for the tax collector to get on his knees and beat his chest, like, in pain because he felt so bad. But he's humbling himself before the Lord. And I'm not saying it's easy all the time. It was really hard for me to admit with myself that I had messed up royally bad. And it took a lot of those moments before the Lord where I was ashamed before him. But how many of us know that God's love covers all? Right? For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And that's not humbled in a good way. Like a lot of times we say, oh, that guy's so humble. No, this scripture is saying, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled by the Lord. That doesn't sound appetizing to me. Those who humble themselves before the Lord will be exalted. There's a big difference by, between humbling yourself and being humbled by someone else. Like remember those situations in like football or soccer or whatever? 
whatever sport you play, fill in the blank, where your coach just called you out in front of everybody. And you're like, oh, that didn't feel good. You got humbled by him. Imagine being humbled by God. Like that's what the scripture is saying. This is where I kind of want to land tonight. A simple, strive every single day, like I said, to have a simple humility towards Jesus. It's simply that, every single day. God, I don't have it figured out. Jesus, I don't have it figured out. I need you to teach me the way. It's not complex. It's not confusing. It's not, it's not any of those things. It's very simple. Just like a typewriter. This is my encouragement to you. Jesus knows us. I've talked about a lot of different scenarios. No matter what scenario you found yourself in tonight, Jesus knows you. He knows your situation. He knows how good or bad it's going for you. Just as Jesus knew Zacchaeus even before he climbed the tree. Jesus walked into Jericho and there's probably thousands of people around. He knew every single person that was there already, including Zacchaeus, and he knew he wanted to have dinner with him. If I'm Jesus in that situation, I'm so moved by the fact that Zacchaeus not only had the presence, not only had the desire to be in the presence of him, but went to such drastic measures to climb a tree to be with him. God is jealous for your heart. He, he gets upset when, when, you give your, when you give your heart to things that don't please him. It hurts him deeply because, imagine this, this is a picture. God sent his son to save you from all these things of this world, but when he still did that, his son had to die. He rose again from the dead, but when he still did that and you still do things that displease him, that would suck as a father. Like imagine you're a dad or a mom and you send your son to be sacrificed. Like this is very vivid. You send your mom or dad, to, or you send your son or daughter to be sacrificed. And as a mom or dad, one of your other sons still disobeys you, greatly disobeys you. That's no different. So just the fact that Zacchaeus had the, the, the drive to go and do that, that had to be so moving to him and so pleasing to Jesus. How many of you know that like little kids, like, I don't know, like one or two, they're very easily influenced? Like you can tell them that like, I'm trying to think of a good illustration. You could say the Seahawks are the best football team in the NFL, which they're not. Point right here. You could say the Seahawks are the best team in the NFL and they'd be like, okay. And they'd put like Seahawks stuff on because they believe you, which is not a fact at all. But child, children have a very, very... They're very not, I don't know what the word is. They're not gullible, but they're easily believable. You can, they're impressionable. Thank you, Tucker. Whatever you tell them, they believe to be true. So just as Zacchaeus was told Jesus is a savior, and he went and wanted to be with him, have a childlike faith every single day for what the word tells you and for what God tells us. If a baby is so easily and motivated and encouraged and impressioned by someone, why can't we be easily and motivated by what the, God's word tells us? They believe what a baby believes what someone tells them every single time without hesitation. I strive every single day to be in this book and believe it every single day without hesitation. I want to have a childlike faith before the Lord. Worship team, can you... 
join me up here, please, because I don't sound very good alone. And just as child, a children's faith is very, very immediate and real, it's also simple. I want to continue meditating on that word as, as, we, as we continue in this series. And I want you to do the same thing. What about your life is complex right now that you want to make simple before Jesus? I'm, I'm, I'm doing the, the brain search with you. There's a lot of things that, that have my attention that shouldn't. And if simply put before Jesus, it would be way easier and far less complex. Zacchaeus had no confusion about who, who his Savior was. So why should we? If you believe what the Bible tells you and you align yourself with this book every single day, I promise God will intervene in your situation. With a simple faith for Jesus comes a very simple humility to realize that we don't have it figured out on our own. If you're with me right now and you're going to vow to me and say, yeah, Spencer, I realize I need to have a much more simple faith then there's going to be a step in this process where you're going to have to put yourself down and realize i got to be more hum- humble. Not humbled by the Lord, but humble before him. We don't all have it figured out. None of us do. Max said it. None of us will even come close to as perfect as Jesus was. None of us. I, it's always like tough for me when I preach because... I've said this a few times. Every time I preach, it's, it's already been preached to myself. But as I preach it again, I just feel like God's like telling me, like, simplify your life before me. Don't get caught up in the things of this world. We can take it far beyond the complexity of church or the com- complexity of whatever you're going through. Don't get caught up in, in the things of this world, Spencer. It's simple. I sent my son for you. Accept him. Receive him. Let him be your savior like I intended. So as, as we close tonight, I have a few questions for you. And I just want you to think about them. And we're going to get up here and have time to worship again. I'm going to pray for people. And I'm going to, I just want to have some time to soak in the spirit tonight so you guys can really search yourself. What, what is too complex and what needs to be more simple? The first question is, what is your tree? What is your sycamore tree? Remember when Zacchaeus was sitting in Jericho and he's like, I can't see, I can't see. He climbed a tree to be able to get closer to Jesus. Take that analogy further. What tree are you willing to climb to be closer to Jesus? What tree are you going to to build in your life simply to be closer to Jesus? Whether that be getting the word more, what needs to change? Because Zacchaeus was short. Something needed to change for him to be closer to Jesus. What needs to change for you to be closer to him? What is your tree? That's the first question. The second question is, if you can analyze yourself right now, what is complex in your life and what needs to become simpler? Whether that be, for me, it's slow down, have time for Jesus. It's simple. Time with with him, time with the Lord, it's much more satisfying. His attention, giving him our attention is much more satisfying than fill in the blank. That's what mine is. Make time for him. 
what is complex in your life, whatever situation you're in, what is complex and you know needs to be made simple. Take that computer analogy again. I'm decently good with computers, but sometimes they confuse me so much and it ticks me off and it's tough. A typewriter is much more simple. What do you need to move from a computer to a typewriter in your life? Typewriter is all mechanical. You just press a button and the thing flips up and it prints it on there. So I want you to stand with me tonight. We're going to enter into a time of worship. And if you, I don't even necessarily have a response question for you, but if you know that one of these questions hit you or it spoke to you, you know that you need to plant a tree in your life that's going to allow you to simply be closer to Jesus, or you know that there's some complex things, there's some confusing things, there's some hard things that I don't understand, but I know God does, and you need to let him make it simple, I want you to come forward and we're going to worship together. It's not embarrassing. No one's being called out. But what a better time than than now in this culture to to make things simple. Hardy's going to lead us, and I just want you guys to, to soak in the Spirit and just put your life down before the Lord and let him work on you because there might be there may be moments where you're like all right God I know you need to work in that situation but there may be some of you up here that don't know what you what God needs to work on just let him lead us brother Jesus said to be like me but be like being like the least of these a childlike faith is really all you need complicated when you've lost the awe and wonder Jesus show me how to be in awe and wonder again a little faith a little grace this is the kingdom It's really just that simple A little hope A little love This is the kingdom This is your kingdom A little faith A little faith A little grace This is the kingdom really just that simple a little hope a little love this is the kingdom this is your kingdom Jesus said come follow me as I follow my father to be greatest means to serve the least of these. It's complicated to be in the world, not of it. Jesus, teach me how to let this world just fade away. A little faith, a little grace. This is the kingdom, it's really just that simple, a little hope, a little love.
This is the kingdom. This is your kingdom. A little faith, a little grace. This is the kingdom. It's really just that simple. A little hope, a little love. This is the kingdom. This is your kingdom. To stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com as well as on Instagram at PC Youth Salem.